Our reading this morning comes from the first reading, there's two from verse 16 to 28. <clears throat> oh, mate. Now, two prostitutes came to the king, King Solomon, and stood before him. One of them said, Pardon me, my lord. This woman and I live in the same house, and I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child had been born, this woman also had a baby. We were During the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. And so she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning I got up to nurse my son and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son I had born. The other woman said, No, the living one is my son. The dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, No, the dead one is yours. The living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. The king said, This one says, My son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, cut the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, Neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. And then the king gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. We then go to James Chapter 1, <clears throat> James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. <clears throat> Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from and unstable in all they do. Skipping to verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all my humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says 
is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So far this reading. Thanks, Jim. Good morning, everyone. It's, um, yeah, as many people have said, it's good to be here with all of you in person. And also for those who are at Cavell or at home watching this, a big welcome to you. I hope you are blessed during this service, as you may have already been blessed, and I hope that um, the word that I might be able to share with you, this word that I am going to share with you, will bless you as well. My name is John Scout. I'm one of the elders here in the church, and it's my privilege to bring you God's word here this morning. Um, what about that first reading? Um, I don't know about you, but that story in the Old Testament has to be one of my favourite. When I, first, I remember years and years ago, when I first heard that, I thought, wow, to be a king like that, um, yeah, it just really blew me away. I don't know, I'm, I'm not kind of up with everything, but has there been a Netflix series on King Solomon? There's got to be, doesn't there? <laughs> you could devote an entire episode to that, that particular story. Think about this. For the day that's already been, how many decisions have you made um, so far? Perhaps you know what to have for breakfast, what time to get up the kids, do I take the, the dog for a walk, do I go to church this morning? Hmm. What do, I do? what do I want to do with the rest of the day? What's the decisions? And maybe a lot of them you just didn't even think about. That you just did it by, by course. What about in the last three weeks or maybe the last three months? What kind of decisions have you had to have made? What are the things that you've had to contemplate? You know, what's perhaps the next job opportunity for you? What school do I potentially take my kid or kids to? Um, the name? Because... You know, there's things that we need to discuss about our relationship. Should I get this vaccine or that vaccine or do I get the vaccine at all? Do I say yes or no to delivering a sermon in front of the church? <laughs> Pretty significant kind of decisions that need to be made. <laughs> ...that we were going to sell our house. We've been in the same place for 37 years. Um, and, you know, all our, our kids are growing up. They knew nothing else. And so that was a fairly significant decision for us. Took a little bit of um, contemplation. It didn't come, you know, all of a sudden. It took a little bit of time. But we made a decision in the start of the year, and that's what we've done. So you can see most decisions might come a little bit easier, but there are a lot of decisions that need to be made with a significant amount of perhaps wisdom and discernment. And I think you would agree with all of that. And decision, discernment, they're the same, aren't they? Yes? No? Hmm. Today I want to take you on a journey, a journey that looks at wisdom and discernment, and particularly, particularly biblical wisdom and discernment, and how it can impact and even renew our minds. Biblical wisdom and discernment is a necessary component of our Christian armour. Armory. 
as Christians, we really need to be equipped to distinguish the truth because there's a lot of things out there that will kind of distract us and the enemy really does desire to kind of keep us away from the truth and ultimately drive us into uncompromising positions. You would have to agree with me that we are overloaded with information each and every day. It comes from all, you know, wherever we go, whatever we do. It can be overwhelming at times and it can actually confuse our minds to the max. So rather than providing good information and good foundational um, information for decision making in order for us to continue Jesus' disciples, we are faced with a lot of decisions and we, um, we get a lot of information through media, as you all know, social media. That's probably a lot of information that you know, potentially has the dissemination of misinformation or even at its worst, disinformation. We can all be kind of taken up and swept up in these roads that are really quite unhelpful in supporting our faith journeys these days. You know, it's a sorry kind of state of affairs that in some churches, and particularly some leaders, aren't all that helpful in providing the right kind of information that we need to continue to be followers of Christ. So today's talk is focused on biblical wisdom in the sermon and in breaking it down in true Reformed tradition. Three things, okay? What is it? Why ain't it? So what is it? You can lump into the same discussion the attributes of knowledge, wisdom and discernment. They're all the same, aren't they? No, well, they're not. Most people think that wisdom and knowledge are the same thing, but actually they are two different sides of the coin. Knowledge is the accumulation of information that's gathered into our mind and we kind of process it, and that's pretty obvious. Like, and we go to school, we might go um, beyond school, primary and secondary, go to tertiary institutions, or we get a, an apprenticeship and we need to go to TAFE. And so they're all kind of things that will fill us with a lot of information. Or it might be just the ordinary things, of, not ordinary, but the things of life that you're part of. I hope you do anyway, through instruction. You become more knowledgeable as a musician or as a sports person because of the instruction that you get. You learn to be a parent, I think. Um, Annette and I had the privilege of um, observing her older brothers and sisters, you know, being parents. And um, did that make us any wiser? Mm, probably not. But um, anyway, it was good to observe other people in different situations. So wisdom is the, is the combination of experience and knowledge. The dictionary says, wisdom is the ability to use your knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgments. So wisdom takes you beyond just the, the mere knowledge. An individual can be quite knowledgeable, having acquired a fair bit of knowledge over that time and kind of process it really well, and are really, really super intelligent, yet they might lack the ability to actually apply that knowledge. You might know, you know a few people like that. I've kind of seen that over my life journey. Um, but the highest um, category of wisdom is, of course, biblical wisdom. Biblical, spiritual wisdom is the ability to perceive the true nature of a situation and implement the, the will of God in that situation. Biblical wisdom is knowing what God wants you to do and then doing it. 
couple of readings out of the, the Bible. In Psalm 111, we see, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praises endure forever. In Proverbs 1, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the famous preacher who we've heard a lot of quotes on, and I'm going to give you another one, said, Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not necessarily to be wise. Many men know a great deal and all are greater fools for it. There is no fool so great as a fool as, as a knowing fool. But to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. Now discernment. To be discerning is to be able to tell things apart, okay? to separate them even when they are seemingly really, really quite similar. People who are good at discerning are able to make keen observations about things. Discernment is appreciating the context, to understand and appreciate objectivity, and to enact discretion and action as an outcome. Discernment is defined as the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure, an act of perceiving something, a power to see what is not evident in the average mind. And then we get biblical spiritual discernment is the love for the truth and love for righteousness in action. It is one of the manifestations of love in your spiritual life. It's a spiritual it's the spiritual enablement provided for you as a safeguard to help you recognise God's truth, not the world's truth, but God's truth in all areas of life. And again, Spurgeon says, I love that surname Spurgeon. I wish I was called John Spurgeon. Like it's, <laughs> it sounds really classy, doesn't it? He says, discernment is not necessarily knowing the difference between right and wrong, it's knowing the difference between right and almost right. So you kind of get it. Tim Keller also puts it in another way. In the context of discerning other people, wisdom allows you to tell the difference between right or wrong people, but discernment allows you to tell the difference between good, better and best. You with me so far? <laughs> so there is a difference. Wisdom and discernment Wisdom's the application of the knowledge. Though they're different, you'll find that a wise person is certainly a discerning person. God even underscores this difference. In 1 Corinthians we read, For no one is given the word of wisdom through... Sorry, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy to another discerning spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretations of tongues. So discernment and wisdom, although they're different, they go kind of hand in hand. Well, they do. A person filled in wisdom is also considered to walk in discernment because the application of wisdom will separate right from wrong or distinguish between bad, good and best. So why is it important? Well, I mean, I guess, you know, we're called to worship and love our God as much as we can with all of our heart, mind and strength. And how do we do that effectively without actually knowing God, fervently seeking his truth through his word? And then ultimately to express that 
spirit-led wisdom and discernment in our lives. For us to be obedient Christians living uncompromising lives, we can only do that through an ability to exercise wisdom and discernment in every area of our lives. Thessalonians 5 says, Teach, teaches that it is the responsibility of every Christian to be wise and discerning. Where it says, But examine everything carefully, hold fast to what, what is good, abstain from every form of evil. The Apostle John issues a similar warning when he says in 1 John, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have come into this world. And again, he encourages us in Philippians 1, where he says, It's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So now there's many examples where God's word is pretty clear. We need to be really on our guard, people, against any godless thoughts entering our minds and our hearts and steering us away from what God would will us for in our lives. And this is a daily battle, a daily watch to guard our minds, our hearts against the darts of the evil one. Unfortunately, misinformation and disinformation feed into the confusion and some actually come through what, is, you know, what we would see as you know, good Christian leaders and speakers. Some made famous by their popularity. The people who you would think would, are there, unfortunately, it's the other way around. Well-known American preacher John MacArthur says, Failure to distinguish between truth and error leaves us as Christians subject to all manners of false teaching. False teaching then leads to an unbiblical mindset which results in unfruitful and disobedient living. A certain sermon is an area where most Christians stumble. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? Most Christians do you put yourselves in that category? I probably do. Yeah, absolutely. They exhibit little ability to measure the things they are taught against the infallible standard of God's word. I think he's pretty spot on here. He goes on to say, in short, against the onslaught of unbiblical thinking and attitudes that face them throughout the day. Okay, so this is every day. He's not talking about once and often, you know, a couple of months. This is every day that we need to be on our guard. So be clear, wisdom and discernment aren't optional, people, okay? We need to all be attempting and really disciplined in acquiring as much biblical wisdom and discernment as we can. This is the only way in which we can build um, as Christians, as disciples, and, and pass that on to others as well. I guess for me it's... Um, I've understood it to a certain extent, but I haven't appreciated how discipline and how engagement and discernment comes a bit with the years, you know. But as you know, it's been said before, knowledge is not really wisdom. Wisdom, and particularly spiritual and biblical wisdom, is what God gives us. And I've been blessed with some of that. I think I've been blessed with some of that, but it hasn't been front and center of our minds. And I'm just encouraging for both me and you. This is. Uh, the Apostle Paul urges us to grow in our walk with God as disciples. In Philippians 1 he says, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and discernment. 
So how do we attain it and maintain it, like I said? OK, I'm just going to give you a bit of a roadmap. You know, I'm going to be like our premier roadmaps. You know, that's, that, that's the way to go. So I think in the first instance, we need to come humbly before God. We need to know our place and our standing. We need to really understand, OK, where we are as people, as God's children, but ultimately how much wiser and how how much superior and how great our God is. And it's only through that kind of acknowledgement and understanding that we actually can come in the first place and start to understand what needs to be done for us to attain, for us to attain biblical discernment and wisdom. So just turn back to that, that part in James, that second reading that we have from verse 5, where he says, If any of you lack wisdom... I really like that. Where it's you know a little bit of a leading question. If any of you lack wisdom, so hands up any of you who can say that you have ultimate wisdom. As of course, we all lack wisdom. And he says, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Ask God, and and again, ask God to and lean into Him to hear His voice. Be open to His prompting. Solomon, King Solomon saw this so clearly. He was so intent on being a true servant for his father God that he, when God asked him, and I'm just going to read a passage out of 1 Kings 3 from verse 5, where the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream and God said, Ask for whatever you want to give you, me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this because great kindness in him, this great kindness in him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. So he's talking about himself. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in the place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count. Give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? So Solomon had the opportunity to ask for whatever. I mean, if I was put in that situation, I think wisdom and discernment might be a few rungs down the ladder. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure that would be for maybe most of you. But he's, it's the greatest prayer request. You know, it's so good to, to read that. And he's asking God for a hearing heart. He's saying, look, I want to hear you and then to hear my people. Okay, so it's such a selfless kind of prayer request. He wasn't going to be distracted by the ways of the world with all its blah, blah, blah. Rather, he was going to ask for the best wisdom and discernment from God. And God was really pleased with his response we read further on that God not only answered his prayer and blessed him with that, but he also um, gave him riches and everything else that kind of followed on from that. And the story of Solomon is just massive. It's one of the, there's the good parts and there's the bad parts as well. But this is certainly a great instruction for us. And so from that passage that Jim wrote, um, read earlier, how amazing is he in that situation to be so discerning and courageous to act so radically that he was willing to get the sword and cut that baby in half. I'm not sure 
what would happen? It would have been difficult. But he, he had the discernment and wisdom from God to extract the truth and it was revealed. Keep on going on with the roadmap. Here are some other suggestions. Trust his ways. So don't lean on your own understanding. All right? Go to God for that understanding. Are you, are you really completely disciplined enough to just get rid of all the other things that you're hearing, advice or knowledge that you're kind of hearing, seeing, whatever? Are you willing to get rid of that and just rely on the instruction and the word of God? Paul says to the church in Rome, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. If you can remember last week, Andrew spoke about um, you know, the ways of excellence. So trusting in God was very much part of that. And are you willing to do that every day? Are you willing to trust that God's will, his trick out? And I'd have to say for me, sometimes that's not the case, that you would rely on a lot of other things and a lot of other people before you would rely on God's truth. Again, reading that bit out of James where... Um, he talks about the consequences of not doing that in verse 6 where he says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. All right, Don't doubt it because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. All right? Can you kind of think of that, that you know, all this information that you hear each and every day, you think, okay, that sounds okay. Oh, and that sounds better. You know, you get so confused. But James is really, go to the source of truth, the only source of truth to find out how to live your lives. Be obedient, be courageous to follow through with your convictions. However socially or relationally awkward that might end up being. Again, as Andrew pointed out last week, the opposite is to be dismissive. Okay, so... You might be able to hear all the truth, but if you don't enact it, if you don't follow it, it's a waste. Study his word. Appreciate the value of your devotional life and consider a fresh approach to Bible study. Always recognise the authority of his word. There are so many gems in God's word for us to recognise and to be instructed by. Find your places of divine appointment. Okay, We are in a community where we can talk to those opportunities where... It may be something that's God placed on your heart and it's an opportunity for you to actually enact that. Okay? There's the opportunities that are great for us as Christians. And finally, recharge your prayer life. God's waiting for the re return call. Here at um, 7, add a choir for us um, for authentic discernment in our lives. Openness, a willingness to um, just be open and approach any decision in question with an open mind and an open heart. Consider all aspects and viewpoints and be generous in all of that, generous of spirit. Be willing to listen to anyone. It's easy to kind of think, oh, I only listen to these, or lots of other people. Be courageous, stand by your convictions and decisions. If you really, God's put something in your heart, stand by it, really stand firm um, with it. Prayerful reflections, okay, combine that reading of his word with just praying to God for him. As we spoke about, God will give you that wisdom and discernment, but just genuinely ask for it. Otherwise, like Paul says, you'll be like the waves of the sea, tossed back and forth. 
And don't confuse the ends with the, um, the means. Jesus is a great example of that. He had the, the, the ultimate game plan in mind when he came here to this earth. Love, and as Andrew pointed out last week, we might be fantastic at everything, we might be really wise, we might be the most discerned, but if you don't have love, you'll just be noise, noise in people's ears. So where do we see the best example and the perfect example of being wise and discerning? Well, I think we can actually see that through Jesus Christ and his life on earth. He, he saw the ugly and sinister side of Satan as Satan tried to tempt him in the desert. He saw right through Judas. You know, before the kiss, before that final supper, he already saw that. He was acutely aware of the history and the context of the woman at the well and framed his response accordingly. He understood the big picture of his ministry despite many roadblocks along the way, but he just continued. He, he knew where he needed to go. He saw right through the Pharisees. You know, They attempted to try and trip him up every time. I reckon when they got to the end of Jesus' ministry, the Pharisees as a group, they would have all been saying, I'm not going to ask him again because he's just going to shut me down big time. You ask him. <laughs> And, and ultimately, he was obedient, obedient to the point of death. Despite the protests of his disciples, besides the roadblocks in his life, he had an end game, he had a purpose, he was coming here for one reason only, and that was to ensure our salvation. So people, isn't it so unbelievably brilliant and beautiful that while Christ came to earth to sacrifice himself for our salvation... That he reminded, he remained so focused on obeying his father so as to ensure we could be justified and ultimately reconciled back to our great creator God. In the meantime, his perfect ministry left with perfect examples for so many things, including how to be wise and discerning. So summing up, biblical wisdom and discernment, what is it? Well, I think it's a necessary kit bag in our faith journey. Why is it important? It brings glory to God, our Father God, and we can only do that faithfully knowing his truth. All right? Knowing his truth. How do we get it? But at the very least, pray. Pray to God to give you that wisdom and discernment. And start today. Ask God to renew your mind starting today. Sisters and brothers... Be convinced and convicted that we can confidently stand at the foot of the cross knowing that Christ has done it all for us. It's only because of the blood of the Lamb that we are drawn back into the arms of our Father that we can even contemplate responding in love in any way whatsoever. Praise God that he's given us opportunities and may those opportunities and, and may the strength gained through the work of his Spirit continuously inspire us to seek his wisdom and discernment to pave the way of truth and light within our lives and the lives of others in whom we're privileged to come into contact with. Let's pray.